0: I'm sorry. We're back for another episode of Jessica and Carla's High School Reunion with special guest Dana Brown. In college, a rocky start in chemistry led Dana to give up her dream of attending medical school. But after a one-day stint in law school, completing her MBA, earning a real estate license, and working for several years in HR and real estate, Dana decided to give a career in medicine a second chance. She went back to school aced that chemistry course 15 years later, and she's now a physician's assistant, caring for 3,000 patients in Albuquerque. She loves it. Dana has three dogs, two sons, a grandson, and a rich network of friends. In this episode, Dana shares how anxious and reserved she was in high school and in her young adult life. And it's wonderful to hear how she's found her voice, her passion, and a sense of purpose and peace in her daily life. We know you'll love listening to Dana's story.
1: one take a deep breath. It's January. Here we it's, go. January is technically supposed to be like the best month of the year, right? That's what everyone says. Like this is it. You are start. done with the holidays. It's a your clean start. It's a long month. You can. There's nothing going on socially, so you can fully recover. <laughs> You can diet. You can do Dry January. You can do whatever it is. None of those things sound
0: like it. that much fun. And then <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can stay you can home, continue get your shit to done, eat and
0: drink yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's that? How's January going for you? You did laundry um, this weekend. It's been really
1: good. Yeah, I did laundry this weekend. It's been really pretty mellow. And now it's picking up steam. So I head off to um, Ohio on Thursday, and then I go to D.C. on Saturday, and then I go to Charlotte, North Carolina on Tuesday. So it gets real ramped up now. So, but, right. you know, it's been pretty good so far. It's been mellow, right? I've been really trying to chill and That's not good. do too much and watch a lot of movies. What about you?
0: Okay. Um... Well, for me, January has been pretty good. It has been a lot slower with work and more kind of reflection and planning. That's been good. Um, I have a couple of friends with birthdays, so the first half of January. So kind of the, the socializing and going out continued. Um, but the next couple of weeks I am will be traveling and it'll just be me at home with oh. Leah for maybe eight days, two different trips. And I think that will be a time when I can really just do what I need to get done, focus on the projects I want to start. Speaking of projects, I uh, went to someone's house the other day, and they had three little journal writing, drawing things, and paintbrushes and markers out. As a family, they were doing the Wendy McNaughton Drawing Challenge. Oh, fun. See, yeah. she's everywhere. Yeah. I was like, I know someone doing <laughs> that's that. That's good. Yeah, it is good.
1: Yeah. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend, I ate at an amazing restaurant called Bad Animal.
0: <laughs> what kind of food it's is Bad Animal? Is man-
1: is... Well, that's the interesting thing is that it changes. It's kind of a concept restaurant, but it's really a bookstore, mm-hmm. a wine bar, okay. and a restaurant. But the restaurant changes. So maybe it's a Thai food right now, but in six months to a year, it might be something completely different. But it's got this very funny bookstore that has sort of interesting books, a whole mm-hmm. section on like old porn magazines. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: it's got Lots a big disco ball in the middle. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love it.
1: So it's got a huge disco ball in the uh, middle of the um bookstore mm-hmm. and uh, it's got like around the bookstore is also all this wine and it's just really it's very funny but i what love a the name cool bad Idea. animal yeah and on the so, wall there's a badger and that is the bad animal
0: oh okay it's
1: like a stuffed badger a got taxidermist it. taxidermed badger after our call with stacy all i can think about is books <laughs> on antennas when i but yeah it's, it's it was a really fun place. So next time you come,
0: we'll go to. So Bad I'm Animal. curious Who what the what... are the tables set up in a different way than it's typical in a restaurant. It seems like if they're trying to combine different concepts, maybe no,
1: no, because the bookstore is like one half and the restaurants on the other gotcha. and the bar. So yeah, and but you can get up and like walk around in the middle of your meal and look at books Browse. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a so cool. kind of fun. That, that was that's a really a very fun thing. cool idea mm-hmm yeah Sweet. I like mixed use pop-up kind of mm-hmm. weird places it was very
0: eclectic yeah yeah that sounds really cool <laughs> well you're doing something fun with your January yeah there you go
1: in the meantime we've got Dana Brown coming on today you tell we me what do. you remember
0: about Dana well Dana was in my section in eighth grade finally I finally. know I know and um <laughs> uh what I remember about Dana was that I always thought she was just so pretty. And I was like, ah, oh, Dana's so pretty. And especially in eighth grade when um, we were all new to the Academy, she was just someone who, mm-hmm. um, who I admired and very sociable, funny sense of humor, always willing to laugh at herself. Um, had a, It seemed to me a very tight group of friends. Um So yeah, what do you remember about Dana?
1: Well, it's funny. I actually didn't know Dana very well for most of high school. And I got Mm -hmm. to know her pretty well our senior year when I ran track that senior year. And she was on the track team. She was a really good sprinter. And that was really, in some ways, besides a little bit of time socially, that I really had ever had any conversation with her. I don't think we had classes together earlier Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I just really enjoyed her and I happened to um you know pull out the yearbook as we are prone to do Mm -hmm. and you know it was like oh I'm so glad she wrote that she she was glad we had become friends and like I just remember thinking Mm -hmm. I did not know much about her I had no she was a little there was a little mystique to her Mm -hmm. funny enough I had so many um Uh, Classes with Leah Levitt, and I'd known Leah for so long, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. I I was always friends with Leah, but I had never really gotten to know Dana. And then it was Mm -hmm. like one of those really surprise, wonderful uh, sort of senior surprises (laughs) that you can sometimes have. I don't know if you had that with anyone, but you've gone to school with
0: them your whole right. um, and Well, actually, for me, Tom Smith was like that. I really never talked to Tom all until we were seniors and then yeah through a couple so of it's, experiences it's, really got to know him so you and I are bookends on Dana I knew her best yeah. in eighth grade and you knew her best yeah. as a senior <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: That's cool. but I will say she's one of those people that I've always really enjoyed seeing um at reunions mm-hmm. and really having conversations with and yeah. she's had an interesting career and and after Tom Smith's very funny story about her. I know. One day of I'm, law
0: school. <laughs> I know. I want to hear about that from Dana's perspective.
1: Yeah. yeah what's the real story?
2: <laughs> oh, wait. Here she is. How are you guys? This is my little dog. still no, be quiet in a sec. I have three. <laughs> what kind
1: of dog do you have?
2: I have... The dachshund is the oldest one. And then I have two rescued terriers of some sort. I don't know what they are. So, one of them's a true mystery. Aww, that's so
0: great. <laughs> I want to do that DNA
2: sometime, the dog DNA. My family has to do interventions because I always want another dog. I, I'm on this lap dog rescue site, you know, so I get tempted like every day. <laughs> How are you guys?
0: We're good.
1: We're doing well. Yeah. We're
0: good. We're 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 just reflecting on January being a nice time to reboot.
2: Yes. I've done a little tweaking. Try not to do too much because you don't want to disappoint yourself. (laughs) Like, really fall short of your goals. Really. Aim low.
1: Aim low. Keep the bar low. The house has low
0: expectations. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're going to just jump in. We always start with the same question, which gives you open possibilities of where you can take it, which is, what have you been doing for the last 35 years?
2: Uh, I think <laughs> what I've been doing, to sum it up, is just trying to figure my shit out. You know, <laughs> i I mm-hmm. sure I've talked to some people or seen on Facebook like I've had such a trying to find my career and what I wanted to do in life, which has taken me kind of all over the plate, not all over the place in terms of geography, you know, with geography, but just in terms of interests. And, but I think what it boils down to is I, I always wanted to go to med school and in college I took Kim 121, took the first test and got an F. Before even the curve or any, and I just said, oh, I'm not smart enough to go to med school. So I just gave that up completely. Did, thought I might do psychology grad school. I did psych and bio undergrad and then went to, started law school. You've heard that story.
1: (laughs) Well, is it exactly the way Tommy? Pretty much.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. All summer, I was just going, I think I'm just doing this because I don't know what else to do, you know, but I wasn't really feeling it. And I knew and I had this super anxiety from the Academy about being called on and not knowing the answer. So even to prepare for we had, you know, cases and stuff to read for the first week. And I was just like making sure I knew every single detail in case I got called on. and I was driving, it was like, just not going to be a fun time for me. So I was already kind of thinking I might not do it. I think I just, but, um, and then I went and got my MBA and then, um, I worked in HR for a little bit. Then I got married and my husband did, um, mortgages and real estate. So I went into that. So I went to real estate school. It's a lot of school. Wow. And then, um, I did that for a while and I was just talking to my dad one day and he's said, you know, like, I just felt like not doing what I passionate about. And I'm like, I just always wanted to go to med school. And he's like, go take that chemistry class again. And, um, we didn't talk at all about what, why I would do that or, but I think there were 380 students and I got the highest grade in the class. And so then, It's just like now well now what? And you know, I I don't remember exactly how old I was, probably close to Mm forty, maybe forty. Just so late, you know, and so I didn't really I just thought med school seems too long and so I did decided to do PA school. So I've actually finally found my calling and or come back around full circle to my calling and um, it's, it's a hard job, but I love it. And so I do family practice with Presbyterian outpatient, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. been doing it in my ninth year, so...
1: So what do you do in your job? I mean, what what does it mean to be a physician's is it a physician's assistant is that the yeah. is that the terminology, at PA?
2: Yeah, so it can be different. Or
1: associate or
2: Yeah, it's physician assistant, they're changing the name to physician associate, I don't really know how that's working, but it it depends what specialty you're in and where you work on what that means. For me at at Press, it means I'm not a doctor, but my job is there's zero difference between me and the doctors in terms of our day to day. I have my own patients. I don't work under anybody or for anybody or assisting anybody. I have Mm -hmm. like 3000 patients and I see them all day, every day for everything under the sun. So. So, yeah, it it, my day looks exactly like the doctors do, but my pay doesn't. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. I acknowledge that my training is different, but I feel like, you know, after doing it for a certain period of time, you know, my, I, I feel, I feel like I know as much as the doctors, but maybe not. What was know. it
0: like for you to be a PA during COVID?
2: Yeah, that was interesting. Um, but, you know, in, in a sense, it almost would have been easier um, if not for some circumstances in my clinic, because, you know, we were still seeing some patients, um, but only critical. We weren't doing any just physicals or, you know, and we switched. I mean, at one it was kind of oscillating, but at one point I was working from home three out of five days a week. So doing a lot more video, you know, which we'd never really done telemed mm-hmm. or telephone or Right. visits so that was a big change but I kind of liked it <laughs> so so much so that now when we went back full time I'm the only one in my clinic who keeps one day Mondays I work from home and it's a great time it's a, a lot of my patients like it it's a great way especially to check up follow up on things that I don't need to mm-hmm. physically examine them so I love easing into the week with my my uh, telemed day don't have to get as dressed and You know, sometimes I don't brush my teeth till later on. (laughs) I'm like But anyway, so your pajama pants. And our days weren't yeah. In our days weren't completely full, you know, which I mean right now I'm booked out six weeks probably is my next appointment. So we had a lot of openings. So really we weren't working as hard except for in my clinic just a series of things happening. They pulled one of the docs to the hospital. They, one of um, the other PA was on maternity leave and like four of the docs left New Mexico. So it just meant that the calls and the emails and everything and the refill requests and all that coming in, we were, because we couldn't get rid of patients really. So we're just managing like, it was down to like three or four of us at one point, usually fully staffed were 12. So anyway, wow. that made it crazy, but mm-hmm. it co- almost could have been easier, mm-hmm. but it it wasn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, um, we get paid on production. So, um, they were holding us like harmless for our production. So basically just keeping our production the same, even when we weren't working as hard. So, mhm but navigating all the changes was crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I just was reading this sort of interesting article this weekend in the Wall Street Journal. And it's really in some ways more about the decline of higher education and the need for college graduate uh, a college degree. And, you know, there's been a lot of um, a lot written on this topic over the last few years um, the new york times did a big spread in their magazine about it and you know the question of whether or not having a college degree is all that important versus having you know the technical skills or apprenticeships that then allow you to pursue the same career and i just think it's really interesting with you talking a little bit about the difference between med school and physician assistance training and doing the same job, but getting getting paid less, and I just wonder if, in general, we're gonna see just so many more careers that don't require the the official,
2: yeah,
1: you know, coursework, the the the, the hoops the that people have to path jump through. That's been-
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: The traditional path. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, And I just think it's kind of interesting because you're sort of speaking to that, but in more of the medical career, most people would say, oh, of course you have to have the, the medical degree to be a doctor. But the truth is that most doctors at a certain point are getting most of their experience by actually practicing (laughs) medicine, right? I mean,
2: the biggest difference is a residency and you learn so much in a residency. So I'm not Mm. trying to say I have the same training at all, but the way going to UNM PA school, it is um, you go to med school. um, So you take everything the med students take and you do 20 hours extra classroom every single week on top of med school so you take all the same tests as the med students do all the same you know we just went we had a lot more training every day (laughs) so it's way more intense but it's shorter and so Mm -hmm. I feel like we kind of got the same classroom hours but um, overall the two and a half compared to four because we were doing so much um, extra every week but we hmm. don't then do like a, a family practice residency would be three years and that's a huge difference mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. I mean when I started oh I mean it was overwhelming <laughs> but um yeah since I love it I'm passionate about it I it makes me read a lot and research a lot and you know but anyway seems to be most going enjoy okay about it but... yeah what do you most enjoy about um it? Mostly I enjoy interactions with my patients. I mean, my patients constantly tell me, don't ever retire. You, I've never had someone like you. And I love that. I mean, I get positive feedback all day long. People tell me I saved their life or, you know, changed their life. And that's, most people don't get get to experience that. So I love that. And I, I love most of my patients. The thing I hate the most is the time, you know, trying to, and we have, I work over, um, it's Zuni, if you remember that area. So it's mm-hmm. it's a big mix of like U N M. We have a lot of Sandy employees, um, but a lot of the international district and people. You know, a lot of poverty in my clinic. So patients come in and they have a lot going on. You know, mm-hmm. stressors and illnesses and you know, so it's. Trying to do that in the time frame you have with each patient—that's my stress. <laughs> but I enjoy the interactions. So if I could see like half the patients a day, it'd be perfect, but that's just not reality. <laughs> I'm probably going to yeah. get even worse. I mean, uh, yeah, New Mexico's lost thirty percent of primary care in the last couple of years. Wow.
0: And why? Why is What's, that? For what, what are what the reason? theories?
2: We have the highest per capita um, Medicaid percentage. So Medicare is what you get when you're 65 and you're older. Medicaid is what you qualify for with poverty. So it's income-based. And so New Mexico has the highest per capita. And Medicaid and Medicare don't reimburse at the same rates as commercial insurance does. So, um you just can't pay people the same. So people are often wooed away, you know, Mm -hmm. for more money in other States. It's tough. I mean, it's not just primary care. It's a, it's a, it's a real problem here. They're trying to work on that, but I don't know. We don't need to go into all that detail. So,
0: (laughs) you know, my, my parents are still in Albuquerque and one of the things that has been noticeable to them is just how much, longer it's taking to get seen. And as you're saying, and in a bunch of specialties, I mean, just kind of across the board. And I didn't know whether that was just their experience, but it sounds like that's a, a regional issue.
2: My relatives in other areas are like, what do you mean it takes that long to get, you know, we apparently at press, we get 200 calls a day for a new primary care. So, um, And of course we don't nobody's really has openings. But we Mm -hmm. we're supposed to still take I mean my panel's always growing a teeny bit even though I'm supposed to kind of be closed. But um and the other thing that's made it much harder to work in family practice is because you can't get someone into a special specialist, we really have become Mm -hmm. specialists. Like we have to manage Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. And um where I'm supposed to, I feel like my job is to know something about every area where the specialists know everything about one area, you know, but now it's getting where we have to figure out how to keep these patients going until they can get in with the specialists. So yeah, Mm. it's a, it's a hard area place to practice medicine. Probably it's more difficult, but Also, because we have such a need, they really value physician assistance. And so I actually, I think, I don't know details, but I think there's other states, especially like Texas, or where physician assistants aren't doing everything. They don't have um, the full capability of -hmm. of diagnosing, prescribing. I don't know the details, Mm -hmm. but um, because we need it, and the only thing I cannot do is so weird, is that I cannot sign for diabetic shoes. I don't, (laughs) we do not know why, so one of the other docs has, when I need diabetic shoes, has to, like, add in my note saying the need for shoes. It's like, you know.
1: That is so weird. You can can prescribe insulin, but you can't sign for diabetic shoes. I (laughs) have fentanyl,
2: and, you know, I mean, I order every test under the sun and diagnose, but I can't order shoes. That's so funny. So, <laughs> so funny. Yeah.
1: Well, you've told us a little bit about your life um professionally, like you've given us some highlights of that. And I'm kind of curious what else has been going on um yeah, in your in your life outside of work.
2: So the personal life is uh also figuring my shit out, I think. Like <laughs> I all of us fell madly <laughs> in love with my husband, but Just without going into details, it was a rocky road. (laughs) So we got divorced and then we actually got remarried and divorced again. So I feel like I've had like 25 years with him of being in and out and in and out and um, still care a lot about him, but it just wasn't working. And so it's been about two years now that I've been single and what's been crazy is that so many of my friends got divorced at the same time. Mm. So not that I like want that for people, but it's been, Oh, well, in some cases it's definitely been a good thing. <laughs> and then, but you know, we've, we actually, I mean, I've had so much fun the last two years. We just do, <laughs> we have, we just decide, we create these lists of things we want to do and experience or travel or, you know and um not that everyone in my in my groups and my circles are divorced but a lot are and so i even have this one friend it's kind of like we're a couple we're like what errands do we need to run today and on the weekends we'll just like run errands together you know but um and so that's been crazy and uh i just went on a dating app in january and after about a week i'm like cancel never mind <laughs> like it, it's the- <laughs> Craziest things, people. I don't know. I don't know if it's worse in other better in other cities, but like here, I'm just like, because I wasn't even sure I really wanted to date. I'm like, well, I kind of want to see what's out there. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm enjoying learning to love myself and love being with my friends. And I have book clubs and cocktail clubs and a happy hour group and a brunch group and a, you know, <laughs> so. I'm pretty busy and then I've got fun. Yeah. It's been a lot of, it's, it's actually, I feel like I'm happier than I've ever been. So why would I try to change it? I guess, but, and then I've got my two boys. My oldest is my stepson, um, but I didn't divorce him. So he and I are very close as well. He lives in Utah. He's married and just had a baby. So I'm a grandma of the cutest little guy. He's about three months old. Name's Luca. Um, so yeah, they're in Salt Lake. Aiden, my younger, and I went out for the birth and then they came for a while in December and stayed here. And, um, so that's, that's totally different. I didn't expect to be a grandmother at this age and none of my friends are, but all my patients are grandmothers at like 38. I don't know, but, um, and then, yeah. And then my younger one, Aiden, is nineteen, and he's going to UNM. And cool. he initially moved into the dorms, but he has a very serious girlfriend, and they did not—they want to sleep together every night, so they never stayed in the dorms because they didn't want to s- sleep in a twin bed. So, initially, the first year, they were both just here full time. Because her parents didn't know they were spending the night together. But now mm-hmm. they do. And so now it's one night here, one night at her parents, one night here, one night, I don't know. They may I don't know if we'll do an apartment or what. They seem pretty happy like this. That's sweet. So Aiden's 6'4", uh, and sharing a twin bed was probably not be very fun.
0: That's not going to work. <laughs> so we paid for a dorm
2: for a year that they never, never stayed in. But...
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
2: So So you get. He took a semester off last semester and it's going back.
0: I'm really happy to hear that you're enjoying being single. I heard, I read something not too long ago that the most miserable people in the US are married women with small children. And the happiest group of women. Are people in the U.S. are older single women.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's times where I miss, like, a certain companionship. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if I didn't have such great girlfriends, I, it would definitely be harder. Um, of course. But I don't know. And not having – and thinking about adding that stress, you never know how a new date – dating relationship will work out and the drama and it really, most of the Mm -hmm. time I feel like, no, I'm good. I'm good without Mm -hmm. (laughs) adding that back into my life. So we'll see Mm -hmm. more to come on that, I guess. Maybe at the reunion, we'll have an update.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My mother-in-law was divorced when she was maybe 60. So much later in life, and she did not find anyone that she wanted to date and she was sort of like i don't want to date and she had a she's the most social woman she had a million groups she had her book groups her travel groups she has massage bridge group which is like four people playing massage i mean playing bridge and one person getting a massage yeah and then they rotate right oh my god so i mean if there's a group she had her power breakfast group her volunteer groups, her Meals on Wheels. I mean, this woman had a group for everything. And then one day she met this guy. She was walking dogs and she was probably 75 at the time. And they ended up eloping oh, to Reno. Yeah, that's and, great. You know, it's great. And it's perfect because she's now at the point where, you know, it's really nice to have that companionship yeah. and it was the right time. Yeah. But um, I think he's still like, oh my gosh, so many groups.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> she still has them, but. <laughs> yeah.
2: Some men don't like that, you know? Like, yeah. They want a wife who's going to be around a lot more, but. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I work out <laughs> most days. I still ride horses some, and I go to Zumba, and I walk my dogs. And so, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty busy. And then I work full awesome. time, so.
1: What do you think is the biggest surprise in your life right now that you just like thinking back on your on your self maybe in high school and looking at you now what would really surprise you um what would surprise the the Dana Brown of you know your early 20s that you just would have been like I cannot believe yeah. that that's that's me
2: in a good way yeah i mean probably just what we alluded to like i mean i don't know if you remember in high school but i I was a serial, you know, I always had a boyfriend and that continued through college and my twenties until I met my husband. And, <clears throat> and, uh, so I'm surprised how much I, I like being alone mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe I almost feel like a peace about it, you know, and, um, finding myself for the first time. Something about being in your fifties, I think, where you're just like, don't care about the bullshit anymore. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's probably surprising. I probably I never thought I'd be single at this age, but I'm okay with it. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, if you have a great marriage, that's that's ideal, right? But if you don't, then <laughs> Being single is not so bad.
0: My oh, second no, one's I mean, going really well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on that. How long have you been remarried now?
0: Uh, a year and a half.
2: That's great. Congrats.
0: Thank but you've you. been together for a while. You've been together. Uh, for a while, we met each other. Um, in the fall of 2017. So oh. I've known him for six years. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that's great
1: yeah and it, I think a lot. I've been married for a really long time like I've been married oh my gosh it's got to be like 27 28 years something like that I don't even know where we are 27 now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know marriage is just it is hard I mean it's not hard all the time yeah. but like it is it is work right I mean yeah. no matter whether you've been married three years five years 25 years, there's a lot of negotiating that goes into yeah. marriage. And I yeah. travel a yeah. lot to work. Sorry. And it used to be that, um, you know, I would feel guilty and, or I'd feel like, oh, I'm, you know, not at home or whatever. And I had to really turn my perspective around on that and say, this is, this is really good for you. This is a good time for you to be alone. And I actually like to be alone too. I don't need to be with someone all the time, but I've used those as like, "Ah, okay. Yeah. This is good for Mark. He can watch whatever he wants at home, whatever show he wants, he can do his thing. and I can sleep in this bed by myself. And you should see the quality of my sleep is so much better when I'm not yeah. sleeping with another person. It's really
2: interesting. I, I love, I love the watching the show I want. And my other thing is like I'm, I cannot stand clutter. So having, like that just felt like this. It wasn't the reason we got divorced. But like, oh, like being able to just keep it clutter-free is like this huge relief to me.
0: I love it. You mentioned the things that you're enjoying doing in your day-to-day life. Um, We've talked somewhat about how you've evolved over the years.
2: Trying to grow up. Maybe one of these things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, what are the things that... What's the lesson in life that you feel like you're still trying to learn?
2: I think I'm still trying to learn to be fully accepting of myself and also to not sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting a lot better at it, but, uh, it's a, it's a work in progress. I've always been kind of an anxious person. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting that you just, that you're describing yourself as anxious Carla and I were talking about our recollections of you Mm -hmm. and one of the things that struck me was that you were have always been super sociable and and friendly and had a tight group of friends and you're a little reserved like there's a little bit of a, of a, and I didn't read that as anxiety, but I can see where that would be.
2: Yeah. I think it is a a way that
0: you're right. That you're, you're kind of holding back a little bit, observing, getting the feel for like what's going on here um, and never in a, in a standoffish way, but that, that, um, that fits, I guess, or it helps explain some of the way that when I was reflecting on you, I was like, huh, yeah. I, I knew I mean we were in eighth grade section together. Yeah. Um 18. and and I knew you best that year. Carla knew you best this your senior year because of track. <laughs> yeah. Um but anyway, it was just an interesting thought of like, yeah, obviously we knew Dana, but
2: did we really know Dana? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean I was very shy younger. And now, and I I don't even know why it switched because I talked to you about how in law school, I was petrified of being called on. Right. And even in my MBA, I felt that way and something changed. And the only thing I can think of is that I became a mom in that time period. But by the time I got to PA Mm -hmm. school and now I'm the loudest one I answer any question. I throw out every question. (laughs) You can't shut me up in meetings. Like there's no reserve anymore.
0: I love it. How does that feel for you?
2: I, I mean, I just don't know what changed. I mean, I would have thought of myself as kind of an introvert, and but now I'm like the biggest extrovert. And I don't think most people <laughs> go through that type of personality change. But I mean, I go into meetings and I'm like, do not. Oh, um, well, there's one dog. Hey, Petey. Aww. So cute. Yes, parents. There's another. Yeah. Hi, Jojo. Aww. There's Rizzy over there. Aww. Rizzy. She's not sure. Oh my if she's gosh, our favorite one. But so anyway, I, I'll be like, don't say anything don't take over the meeting you take over every meeting and um it, i can't do it so you can know you can, i'm like uh there's no secrets <laughs> i think you, anyone who know, now knows everything because i don't hold anything back i'm the total opposite as i was in high school <laughs> from that perspective um, so
0: that is really That's interesting so cool I love that. Maybe mm-hmm. it, it's partly mom and partly you're in a, a career where but it was you really
2: school. And even in my pre-rex, because I had to do like two years of pre-rex. Mm-hmm. No, I was like, I know the answer. Or what's this happen? I mean, I in classes of hundreds of people. So I love it. Good for you. I don't you. know what changed. I don't know. Just some <laughs> kind of flip switch. Switch flipped. Switch flipped. Yeah.
1: Switch flipped. I love that idea. Um, so what do you think is, what do you think is in your next five to 10 years? Um, if it's not dating apps, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? Was there anything that you want to kind of either do socially or for fun, or if you want to do professionally, I think are or... just
2: trying now to be open to all new experiences Um, I'm trying to say yes to kind of everything and do things that I would normally never do. And outside of the box, like I'm, I, whether I'm an atheist or agnostic and I don't believe in any spiritual, like I've just always been like that, but where I'm going to a tarot, learn how to read tarot cards on Saturday, you know, I I don't know, (laughs) or just like, and I'd like to travel a bit more, um, that you know but doing fun things I mean I have trips lined up I kind of do the same thing a lot so i like to travel to um, new places I feel like I'm always in Vegas Colorado Arizona California and we go to Hawaii every year with my family and I need to branch out to do some new things so yeah, just well, you come experience. to California.
1: I want to. You need to come and see me if you come to California. I will, but only if. You, it Sounds like you probably go to Southern California.
2: <laughs> um, I haven't been to more northern in a while. I got engaged in San Francisco, but um, we used to go there a lot. But I don't know. I need to. I just need to branch out. I'd like to do um. You know more international travel funds mm-hmm. funds allowing. All my friends are loaded, so it's always, like, they're, like, let's go, and they want to do, like, the most extravagant thing. I, I mean, I have a good income, you know, but I can't, I'm not, I can't do, like, you know, if we, if they want to do a cruise, they want they want to stay in the suites and the, you know, and I'm, like, I'll mm-hmm. be on the bottom deck. They <laughs> <laughs> can
1: chip in a little for you, I think.
2: <laughs> I do go on, I do go on some trip. Ch- I mean, I do get treated sometimes, but
1: that's pretty um, awesome.
2: Yeah. I have a hard time good with to have, that.
1: It's Good to have friends in high places, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, I've done a few trips being friends with Sonnet, if everyone remembers. Ah, oh, yeah. oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. She's, her husband likes to do some extravagant things for her. So going on their private jet to the Caribbean or things like that are, Sounds pretty fun. fun, sounds fun, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> do you consider yourself an empty nester at this point, or like a half empty? Like, how, how do you feel about, about that transition coming or in process? Yeah, kind of half empty.
2: Say. I mean, Aiden stayed here, so um, but I still it changed dramatically. And he, and if it were me, I mean, I, I love being a mom. I, I would hang out with my kids every day. And Carlo, my stepson's much more into hanging out with me than Aiden is. Aiden's in that age. <laughs> I mean, we are. He did come home mm-hmm. today and say, you want to go to dinner? So we are going to dinner after this. But, you know, nice. he, he snowboards in Santa Fe at least a couple days a week. He works. He's in school. He's got his girlfriend. So it's kind of I grab him where I can pretty much say yes to anything he asked me to do and then (laughs) you know carlo and his wife come into town several times a year so and i'll go out there so so yeah
1: Yeah. i feel like i'm just grabbing on to piper for all i can because she's you know one year out from driving and i think that last child once she learns to drive she will never be home i will never see her she is a huge extrovert and um so for, for now, I'm just like, oh, I've got her for at least another few months.
2: Every moment. I, yeah. It, it was like Aiden's kind of starting college and stuff almost happened exactly when I got divorced and it was almost, ha- it was harder for me with him kind of being away then, but it was like all of a sudden I'm like all alone, especially after COVID when you've been all top of each other so yeah it was a That's big true. adjustment i feel like the aiden the aiden thing was more of an adjustment for me. carlo's been gone a while he hasn't lived yeah. here in a long time so yeah yeah
1: uh, it's like a whole different it's a whole different way of being when suddenly your your kids are yeah gone, so
2: and none of all of my friends still have at least one at home so i'm mm-hmm. the i'm the lone wolf i guess
0: all right well
1: should we should we do our academy sort of return to high school or academy uh
0: reflection (laughs) well when you think of yourself in high school you've talked a little bit about what you were like in high school how do you remember yourself in high school what stands out to you when you think about dana and in the 80s
2: um, I mean, I think a lot of positive things about academy. I really liked everybody. I liked it socially. Um, it felt like such a safe place to be. Um, but I definitely, you know, I spent, I think, before we go to academy, you know, I thought I was pretty intelligent. I mean, at public school and then getting to academy, and I think it was a little bit rougher for our. Group coming in like where the guys kind of are ahead of us academically so I think I I, I felt stupid most of high school and I think it was it wasn't until like my so- I took a semester off in college and I visited Leah for a while down in New Orleans and then um, it wasn't until I came back that something reset and then I like never got be again all through grad through school call it you know, so but it like took me I almost feel like I had to recover a little bit from academy because I, I just everyone was so smart that you can't be I mean being this it's pretty hard to be the smartest and I think I've always was hard on myself about like if you're not number one then you're not you know I don't know so I I didn't like that aspect of it I think it's different there now um and I think like I said I think our grade was a little bit different in terms of coming in a little bit behind because I also see I don't know if you guys remember Sherilyn Lucas she was younger than us but I hang out with her a lot um mm-hmm. and then she she didn't feel that like the on the in, you know the inequity yeah. between the genders and uh so hmm. but uh I, that, I think of that. I felt, I felt insecure and stupid. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. Um, but I, but I still loved with...
0: it. When we were, were talking to... with Heather Kennedy, she had a similar, uh-huh. a similar feeling about not being smart. And um, Laurel talked about that as well. And how it really was college or grad school where they realized oh i actually am pretty smart um yeah. you know and so it's i mean I, I feel like is... grades
2: were average i don't think i was below average at academy and of course when you're mm-hmm. in school with all those everyone being so smart you know i mean i should have been happy being middle of the road in that group you know but it i don't know it just
0: i I, do, I just do think it's your 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 experience i think is is not uncommon. Um, and I'm sure that's true for some of the guys, too. You know?
2: Have any of them said it. <laughs> but I was opposite of what I've heard, like, from Leah and Laurel. And I haven't listened to all of them. I've listened to some and still working on it. But math is my strong suit. I, I hate writing. Mm-hmm. hate English. Um. Mm-hmm. So, I was the opposite from that perspective. I think I was talking to Adam Honiger not that long ago. You'll probably listen to this, but we were talking about the i I thought I was the one with the biggest gap in s a t scores between verbal and math, and he's like, "No, it was me, <laughs>
1: <So>.
2: <laughs> uh, but where my math was like almost perfect." And then my verbal, especially the first time I took it, was so low. Um, so I didn't have that usual thing with girls feeling like it's the math. I, I'm the opposite right. of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that would have been me.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Pretty yeah. I dropped right back to the lower math as soon as I could. <laughs> yeah. Junior year, I was
2: not doing Maybe calculus right or, here. yeah. I mean, not that I think it's so easy. I'm not one of those like super, but it's way easier for me than writing. And I still, to this day, don't like writing. I, I'm fine with it in the science side because really you're just reporting facts. So any writing that I did in med school and, um, you know, most of my science classes and what I write now is, is facts. I'm not trying to make it sound beautiful and, you know, mm-hmm. so... Whenever I have to actually write something for somebody, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I guess I should start using the chat GBT for those kinds of things. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, At least get it going. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's
1: pretty good. (laughs)
0: Yes. All right. Well, let's jump into the flash round. Who was your Hmm. high school
2: crush? I've heard this question asked, and I just—I feel like I usually like someone, and then I—I I start dating them. So <laughs> I dated, and you were like, the
1: high school crush,
2: exactly. No, <laughs> no, I think I, but I just—I don't remember like somebody that I was like, oh, he's amazing, and I don't know. I feel like I dated everyone in did our you have house, a?
1: <laughs> did you have a long-term boyfriend? I don't
2: remember. Yeah. Who did I date? I did, well, I did, started with Mark Thompson in eighth grade. And that was seventh and eighth grade. We started before. I. And then I can't remember order exactly. Chris Carley probably for a year or something. Then um, Tommy Brown. Yeah. Was there someone else? And then I dated a guy from Pius, like senior year in college. Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I won't name names, but no. oh yeah, I always—I think I always had a boyfriend. So well, funny. I don't remember like—I don't think I looked to the older guys as much. So it wasn't like oh, there's this older guy who I—I I don't know. I don't remember, I don't remember like a big crush, but
1: that's fun. Okay. So we pulled out our fabulous high school yearbook and (laughs) looked at your senior page and your senior will. And what we discovered was that your senior will says Dana Brown can't leave. She was never here. Can you help us to understand that?
2: Yeah. I, I called in sick all the time. I had, and still to this day have horrendous insomnia. So that was the main thing. Like, I mean, I just remember the mornings, like I just could not get up. And now I've been on the same sleeping medication for probably 20 something years. It changed my life. But I mean, that probably made hurt my grades a lot, too, that I like, missed so much class. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, I would be up all night long and just be exhausted oh, wow. in the morning. So I missed a lot. I feel like it was something like one day a week, you know, wow. so I'm still exhausted the rest of the time, but I get up and go and then, but, um, so that's why, yeah, yeah.
1: You were like Ferris Bueller, but. With a real excuse. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I would always
2: tell my parents I was sick, which I wasn't ever because I, but I was just did so exhausted. Like a, nobody, nobody understood that, that. You
0: weren't sleeping.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I ever tried medication, but I know I went to a therapist to try help with sleep, but you know, nobody gave me anything. I wasn't much older mm. and, uh, Yeah. Thank God for it. I swear.
0: Insomnia is just brutal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But nobody would be like, oh, you're too tired to go to school. Like, that's not a real thing. Right. (laughs) Right. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Question number three. What 1980s fad or trend or movie were you really into?
2: Mm, I know freshman year I was kind of that new age age. It, was it new age is that what we called it new new, new wave wave <laughs> all right new wave where my hair was really short and um wearing those like button up with the rhinestone at the top <laughs> I remember that I think yes. I grew out of that pretty fast so I remember you know I kind of went from listening to like the cure and depeche mode and stuff and then I kind of went to rock music a lot of like Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and Santana and um, <laughs> ACDC and Def Leppard became my, like, genre of music. And then awesome. I guess... You know what's... Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you know what's so funny is that, I don't know if you found this, but as a parent, when your kid would get into a particular phase, it just felt like it was forever. You're mm-hmm. like, when is this going to end? This horrible... <laughs> phase and then like when you look back on yourself like you actually did the same thing yeah. Like I remember my mother telling me are you done with your bag lady phase because I would wear like really oversized clothes and she called it the bag lady yeah. um effect and you know I'm sure for her it seemed like I dressed like that for you know ages when it was probably all of about three months that I went
2: yeah. to- <laughs> that's so funny I remember like the kids well Carlo yeah. had that um, where they wore the jeans like below their butt, kind of. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was like the most right. torturous thing. And a lot of <laughs> a lot of kids ended up with hip major hip problems. Really, changed how they walk. <laughs> yep.
0: Oh my gosh. We don't really have
2: wow. had, had too many phases. I think boys probably have fewer than the girls do. Yeah. Maybe not.
0: Well, I'm always like
1: pushing Piper because, you know, I'm worried she's going to always be like this because of her cell phone use. I'm always like, get your, yeah, my stand up straight or back.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Question number four. What car did you drive in high school? How did it meet its demise? I don't remember your car. I drove in
2: 1983 Brown Maxima. Hmm. And I don't remember what happened to it. I don't know if my sister got it. Don't remember. Hmm. I don't know what happened.
0: Brown. A very sexy Brown. color. Yes. You, yes. It, was, it was
2: well suited to my name.
0: It, it sounds it was, very simple. Like That's right.
2: Block. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. It had like that electric dashboard, which way back when I thought it was so cool. It wasn't. <laughs> I did the. I did. I actually liked that car. <laughs> probably That's my sister bad got bad. it. I don't remember. But
0: question number five: What song or band would be on the soundtrack for your high school experience?
2: Oh, I feel like I kind of answered that. But probably some print, Is there one? probably some prints in there, and mm. yeah, I really kind of got really. I would probably say in high school, my favorite band was Led Zeppelin. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move, going make you sweat, going make you groove. this day when I hear it, I'm like, it takes me back. Yeah. So does Back in Black, ACDC, that in Leah's car, I remember just blasting Mm -hmm. that.
1: Okay, question number six, what high school teacher had the greatest influence on you?
2: I think probably Daryl Gage, he was my advisor the last few years and somehow he just got me and Carrie I felt like Carrie and I just always, he was so, we could go to his office any time of the day, you know, at lunch or whatever and just hang out. And I just felt like he was so relatable and he was, he thought we were just crazy girls, you know, he would just make so much fun of us. But I just, I, I think it was the first time I really felt like a connection to a teacher, you know, instead of like this huge like they're up here and I'm down here and I'm terrified of them. So yeah, I'd still, you know, until he died, I'd I'd see him periodically and, um, but yeah.
1: I love how different people have really have different connections, teachers that I I didn't ever really know, or that just felt really distant to me and they've really connected. And I think that's what is so wonderful about a faculty like we had at the academy is that you know there were some teachers that obviously maybe had a little bit more charisma and maybe we remember them but that real connection happened and it you never knew who it was going to be you never knew who was going to be your person yeah, you know? yeah some <laughs> but people
2: found their
0: person yeah
2: some people right? hated most hated teachers were others beloved
0: okay question number 7 what artifact from your high school years should you have put in a time capsule that really represented you in high school?
2: (laughs) Maybe my track cleats. I don't know. That was a big part of running, just running, running, running.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to remember. You were a 200, 400-meter runner?
2: Yep, and 100, and high jump. But I hurt my back on high jump on the bar, and then I was too scared, so I couldn't get over it. (laughs) so fun
1: okay what was one Albuquerque Academy tradition or ritual that you either really loved or really hated
2: Uh, I really hated the assigned seating and the waiters I feel like I was a waiter all the time and I was (laughs) never and I was never a tablehead. Yeah. <laughs> all remember, right.
1: You were just perpetually a waiter. Yeah. You were perpetually
0: a waiter.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember just going, am I always the waiter? And all my friends <laughs> were the table heads, you know? And now yeah.
0: You, were, you got the short end of the stick.
2: Yeah. No, I didn't love that. That whole thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Question nine. If you could go back in time and tell your high school self something about the future. What would it be?
2: I think I just tell myself something. something that's to come, not like advice, but like could something. be ever
1: could be advice. It could, could be, be advice. advice it could be. Could be buy Apple stock. You know. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> I think I'd tell myself to not be so hard on myself not so critical and not compare myself to others as much. Hmm.
1: It's a big one. That is a I, big think one. It, I think that's so easy in a class like ours where people were so this, that, they were talented at something or they were really academically smart or whatever it yeah. was. And a lot
2: of people had a lot of money and you know, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a strange experience Mm -hmm. but a great experience you know yeah yeah that whole social comparison thing though
0: is just something Mm -hmm. that i think when you're a teenager regardless of any setting that's something you're trying to kind of figure out like your place in the world and for some reason instead of looking internally or like what drives us we're like well how do i fit in with Mm -hmm. yeah the other people yeah i think i'm
2: so and especially in teenage girls it's social media, I think, has just
0: made it so much worse. I know. I think oh it
2: has. God. Yeah.
0: For sure. For sure. I'm so yeah, you have two glad. boys. Aren't you so <laughs> glad
2: we grew up without that?
1: Oh God. Yes. And I feel like our
2: childhoods were so different and so, so much different. better. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, I just remember. I mean, I did a ton of horseback stuff. That was a lot of my time off. But like, we'd say goodbye to my mom in the morning. And be like running around the neighborhood, like within a mile radius all over with, diff- you know, and God, just none of that happens anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true.
1: And every once in a while, I'll go through like some random shoebox of photographs and I'll find pictures from high school or, you know, college and I'm like, cringe 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 you know it's like the cringiest but at least it's a photo in a box that right. is closed that no one has access to <laughs> it's not in the
0: cloud right. it is
1: not in the cloud it is not on instagram it is not floating around no one can push it forward except for me
2: <laughs> yeah we're lucky in that way for Sure. Oh. yeah by the time it came around i really wasn't doing stuff any stupid stuff anymore <laughs> I don't think. Uh,
1: oh my goodness. Okay, last question. What would be the title of your high school memoir?
2: Hmm. I talked about the anxiety. Maybe it's the opposite of don't sweat the small stuff. So it was, I sweated the small stuff. <laughs> being, I was pretty anxious back then. Yeah. <laughs> That
1: might
2: be it. Well, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so glad that's a chapter of your past.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's so mm-hmm. cool. I love yeah. hearing how yeah. that's shifted for you.
2: And everything yeah. makes us who all those experiences make us who we are, for better or for worse. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: for so sure. before before we sign off, I have one more question related to Corrales. So you grew up in Corrales, right? Yes. So what was, did you carpool with the Corralenos? How did you, what's there, what was the, um, uh, I mean, you were a Corralenia. Well, technically.
2: Technically. (laughs) Right. I don't think, I don't think Amanda and I were ever really part of the group, you know, but we did all carpool until we had our driver's licenses. Yeah, it was quite a thing. And there were, you know, there were a lot of Corrales people in our grade. So even yeah. though we were prowls, we were carpooling with some different ages, and even Alex Ritchie lived in Rio Rancho, but they drove down and met us and carpool he was in our carpool oh, wow. too, Oh yeah, yeah, wow. it was a lot of kids are our, our age until we mm-hmm. were driving, and I think a lot of you know some of the guys might have still carpool, but um you know it's so it got so different with sports if you're doing a sport and you know yeah. kind of doing your Staying own thing later. Or- but, yeah, I went to yeah. Kralis Elementary with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. All of them? And Mike Feets, My feet lived in Kralis when we were in elementary. Oh, really? Um, well, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And they Isn't moved to, did they move to Tanawha. Was he in Tanawha later? I can't remember exactly, but... I wouldn't know. Yeah, he... Although I think it was, I think he came to Crowles in fourth grade. So we went fourth and fifth to Crowles Elementary. That was a great, that was a great school, a great, just such a great place to go. And then I went from there to Taylor Middle School before Academy was, oh my God. And it was, whew, it was, and it was rough. It was before they had opened um, the Rio Rancho schools. So it was like way overcrowded and there were fights every day. And Yeah. yeah. When I got into academy, and, and Amanda was like my, one of my best friends. So when we both got into we were just like, I mean, if, not even for a second did I think I'm not going there. I was like, give me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and I already had a boyfriend yeah. there, you know, that made it easy to start. And, How did you yeah. meet Mark
0: Thompson when Through you were? Mike Feets. Yeah. Through who?
2: Mike Feats. Because he and I stayed friends Mike in middle school. And we would like talk on the phone, and I don't know. And somehow I, he was Mike dated my friend Jenny, and then I was going around. Remember the going around? Going
0: around, yes, going around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And
2: now they don't use dating at all. I don't. I never know what the term is later. Like,
1: oh, I think it's we're talking. Like, what is it? We're, We're talking. We're talking. And then, then then, they're an item. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Jackson tells me, I, I'm not talking to anyone right now. I'm like You're not talking <laughs> to anyone? What, is, what does that what? mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he just means he's not talking to a girl right now. Right, way, right, right, right. It's not he a is thing. He's talking to other human beings. <laughs> he's not That's literally not talking to anyone.
0: <laughs> well, Dana, thank you so much.
2: Thank you for taking the time. And coming up with this idea, when we meet, we'll all know so much more about each other.
1: So good to chat, so good to catch up. Jessica and Carla's High School Reunion is written, directed, and edited by Carla Silver and Jessica Slade. Our theme music, True Sight, is by Jared Matt Greenberg. Please subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.